and we are back. Welcome back to the pre- You know what? This is a happy Cincinnati sports fan podcast. I am Jesse Mapati. Um, I deserve a slap in the face, so I'm just gonna smack myself for this. Gosh, that hurt. Because I'm the dumbass that picked against UC against Notre Dame. And the Bearcats, my Bearcats, proved me wrong last Saturday. The Bearcats went up to South Bend, Indiana, and pretty much took control of Notre Dame from the tip, or from the kickoff. 24-13 Cincinnati over Notre Dame, the school's first ever top 10 win on the road. Guys, I told you guys in the last podcast, the significance of this game was huge, not only for college football playoff aspirations down the road, but just to tell or to prove to the doubters, to the so-called experts, that Cincinnati Bearcat football is real and is here to stay. Like I said, first top 10 win on the road. It's the biggest regular season victory in school history. I couldn't believe it. Like, heading into this game, I woke up Saturday morning thinking, all right, Bearcats Irish. I'm nervous. Like, I think a lot of people thought this game was, oh, the Bearcats are going to, Bearcats are going to choke under pressure. It's just not any sports when it comes to playing against big teams and big games and high marquee games. They flounder. All of that was in my head. All of that was in my head Saturday morning when I woke up. And then, unfortunately, I watched game day, and then three people picked Notre Dame. Kirk Herbstreit was the only smart person in that studio that picked like for UC. So I'm just like, all right, nobody's picking against Cincinnati. Well, a lot of people, I mean, leading up to the, leading up to the game during the week, the media were picking Cincinnati somewhere and I couldn't believe that Cincinnati was a favorite heading into this game the beginning of the week the Bearcats were a two and a half favorite I believe and then it dropped down to one on game day I'm still in shock even what are we five days removed from the biggest win ever in school history as of now because there's big games down the road for the Bearcats but this meant a lot. It meant a lot to me because this podcast, I talk about a lot of things that have gone wrong for Cincinnati sports in big games. But for this to actually happen to one of my teams that I'm so highly devoted to, I, I just couldn't. I was just like, wait, what? What? So... The Bearcats are now ranked fifth, their highest ranking since 2009. Coming into this game, the Bearcats are ranked seventh. So they jumped two spots. And the Bearcats were coming off a bye after beating Indiana three weeks ago. This game, this game started off a little bit sluggish for the Bearcats. Notre Dame had the ball. They began the ball to begin the game. Drove down the field. And I'm thinking, oh boy. They're going to score here in the opening possession. And this is where I'm going to start having negative thoughts. But Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the best cornerback in college football, 
had a key, big, ginormous interception in the red zone to stop Notre Dame to, from getting any points. And that just set the tone for the defense. You could just tell the defense fed off that interception by Gardner because they're on their heels a little bit as Notre Dame was driving the ball, converted on a fourth and ten. So that was huge. And then the Bearcats offense, they got it going. They got it going towards the towards the end of first quarter into the second quarter. Lenny Taylor was big for the Bearcats. He had four receptions, the Bearcats tight end. He had four four receptions, 70 yards, and a touchdown pass that he caught from Desmond Ritter. Josh Wiley, he's going to get double teamed because he's a great tight end, and they're going to be focusing on him. And that just leaves Lenny Taylor open. And he's such a weapon. And good for him for stepping up and just improving his game year out. And Alec Pierce, the Bearcats' number one receiver, had six receptions for 144 yards. Pierce is good, man. Pierce is good. He's having a hell of a senior year so far. And he's definitely going to get some looks when the NFL draft rolls along. Because he's, he's, a, he's a big target for Desmond Ritter. Trey Tucker had two receptions for 34 yards, including a 27-yard touchdown reception from Ritter. The Bearcats won the turnover battle. Notre Dame had three turnovers. The Bearcats had two. And then Notre Dame muffed the kick return. That was crazy. When the Bearcats scored their first touchdown in the game in the beginning of the second quarter, Notre Dame muffed the kick return. The Bearcats recovered it. Wilson Hubert recovered it. The Bearcats got three out of that. But that was big. That was big. Usually those things happen to Cincinnati teams in these games. For actually those things to happen for us, I was like, is this actually happening? I was just very... As I was watching the game, I was just like, wow, this Bearcats team, they don't look unfazed. They don't look phased in, the, in, in this big moment. They didn't. They were well prepared coming out of this game than they were against Indiana. Coming out, Indiana just threw that first punch to the Bearcats. And it took a while for UC to able to, to actually come back and throw that punch to Indiana. This game... Even though Notre Dame in their first in their first drive drove down the field, Bearcats didn't they didn't panic. I'm not saying they didn't panic against Indiana. I didn't think they were panicking. I feel like they were caught off guard by Indiana's punch. The Bearcats were able to make sure that they didn't panic in this game. So the the preparation coming out of this game. Bearcats were ready for this game. I know they had this game sec- they had this game circled before the season. Hell, I did too. But you gotta take it one game at a time. One game at a time. One game at a time. So, Bearcats up 17-nothing at halftime. You know how I was feeling at halftime? Nervous as hell. Shit. Think I'm comfortable? I knew Notre Dame was gonna make adjustments. Brian Kelly is facing his old team. Marcus Freeman is facing his old team, too. So, adjustments were going to be made, and I knew Notre Dame was going to play better in the second half. Bearcats get the ball back. Bearcats get the ball to start the second half. Offense drove the field. Drove down the field. They were being aggressive. I didn't want the Bearcats to be conservative because when they, got, when they get conservative, 
They lose. They're playing to lose like they did in the Georgia game in the Peach Bowl in the first game of the year in 2021. Yeah, I'm not talking about that game, but it just gives me back. It, those memories came back in my mind when in halftime. I was like, please, you see, do not play to lose. And they didn't. They, got the, they drove the ball down the field in the second half to begin. But Cole Smith missed two field goals in the second half. He missed a field goal, the first one, to begin the second half. And then Notre Dame got a sack of Desmond Ritter. He fumbled it. And then Notre Dame returned it for a good for a good return. And it gave them life. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, defense has been great all game. Let's just hold them there. And then Notre Dame finally got on the board. Late in the third quarter, that made it 17-7. And then the momentum was slowly turning in favor of the Fighting Irish. And there were about eight minutes to go. Notre Dame cut the lead to 17-13. They missed an extra point, which was big. Because if they made that field goal, or they made the extra point, Notre Dame only needed a field goal. So that was big. And then with the biggest drive... In Desmond Ritter's career, he orchestrated a six-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, took 315 off the clock after Notre Dame scored. Ritter ran it in for 10 yards, looked to the crowd, trying to hear the crowd saying, because before this game, offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock, who was the coordinator, offensive coordinator in Notre Dame, told Des that it gets loud in that stadium. And Des said... They won't be loud for that long. And when he ran in an end zone, pretty much sealed the game. He looked at the crowd saying, can I hear you? He was trying to, trying to hear that crowd. He couldn't hear it. The crowd was silent. Majority of the noise was from the Bearcat fans. 24-13 Cincinnati. Wow. Wow. And shout out to the Bearcat fans that made the trip up to South Bend, Indiana. So many red, especially in the section up top of the nosebleed. So much red. Way to go. Way to go, Bearcat Nation. That tells you that UC fans, we care, damn it. And we're here to stay. Wow. And there was a Let's Go Bearcats champ before halftime. And then with about two minutes left of the game when the Bearcats had the game under control, it was so loud. It was so loud. I couldn't believe it. I, I got. I, I still get chills hearing that chant. I still replay the video all the time, especially during this week. Ask me how many times I've watched highlights of this game. A lot. How many times have we watched the game? Twice. Because <laughs> this is a historic win. So let me, let me live. Let me have this because I need this. And to the true loyal Bearcat fans, we needed this so bad. And to the people that are jumping on the Bearcats bandwagon, come along, but I don't know. I'm not a big fan of bandwagon folks because the Bearcats are the hottest team right now. So if you want to jump on the bandwagon, sure. But I won't call you a true fan. I think you just like us because we're trending right now. But you can join the bandwagon. So, Notre Dame win was awesome. I'll never forget it. 
But the Bearcats have to move on now. Because conference play starts Friday night at Nipper against the Temple Owls. 7 o'clock on ESPN. Wear black if you're going to the game. Bearcats will be wearing, they'll be wearing all black, which they should in every home game. But I don't decide that. So, Bearcats, from here on out, they're going to be favoring in all their games in conference play. The Bearcats have to take it one game at a time, knowing that the media is going to be pretty much watching them. High-ranking, Heisman candidate quarterback in Desmond Ritter, an elite defense. It's a lot of spotlight for the Bearcats. It's so great for the team. For the players, for the university, it's a, it's so much anxiety in the fan and me and the true Bearcat fans out there. But here's the thing. I trust Luke Fickle. I trust the leadership of Desmond Ritter. They know that conference play is going to be tough for this Bearcats team. It's going to be tough because every team wants to dethrone the top dog. And that's Cincinnati right now. With a chance to maybe, possibly... They run the table, win their conference championship, college football playoff berth. And every team want to derail that dream for the Bearcats. So I know this team is not going to look ahead. And I believe Friday night against Temple, there's going to be rust, emotional rust from the Notre Dame win. You just hope the, the rust doesn't last <laughs> For like three quarters. You just hope that rust will occur 10 minutes into the game. And then the Bearcats will start beating Temple like they should. And focus and play Cincinnati Bearcats football. So I'm very intrigued to see how this team come out the gate on Friday night against Temple. Let's go to 5-0. and Let's go to 5-0. and One damn game at a time but right now this team is hot this team is special but they gotta realize they're gonna get everybody's best game from here on out and obviously I'm still I'm still nervous people saying well you're playing Temple you're a 29 point favorite I don't give a fuck I still live in Cincinnati so I'm not comfortable. Now, when they win, hopefully on Friday, I'll be comfortable knowing that they won. And then I'll get nervous for the next game, which against UCF next Saturday. The game, by the way, is, is on ABC at noon. I was hoping for a night game. I was hoping college game day were going to come to Cincinnati. Apparently, we're still in consideration for that, according to AD John Cunningham. He said that Thursday morning. I hope so, but it's a good time to be a Bearcats fan. It's a good time to be a Bearcats fan. We'll see how this team handle this type of notoriety and this type of hype. It's an older team that I trust with the older players and the veterans and Luke Fickle will tell the and then they will tell the young guys Don't get comfortable. Do not get comfortable. Cause every team is out to get the Bearcats. So, 
We'll see how they do against Temple on Friday night. Should be an amazing crowd. The game is sold out. Nipper that night. Watch the game. Watch the game on TV. And you'll hear that crowd. And how loud it gets at Nipper Stadium. Especially a night game on a Friday night. All right. Switching topics now. The Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. You're 3-1 Cincinnati Bengals. Lord have mercy. They had overcome a 14-point deficit to beat the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars last Thursday night at the buzzer, 24-21. I told you guys before the game that this is the type of game the Bengals will, took, will, took, will take lightly, maybe because of the primetime spotlight, coming off an emotional win on the road against your division rival, against the Steelers. I had my doubts in this game. Well, people say, well, you're playing the Jaguars, so you should beat them pretty handily. And I told you guys, this was going to be a tougher game. And it was. Jacksonville came out. They were the better team. They executed better. And I was like, oh, Lord have mercy. The Bengals are going to shit the bed on Thursday night football in front of a big audience. But thankfully, the Bengals have Joe Burrow. And thankfully, the Bengals were at home. And thankfully, the defense was, was able to hold on. But Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is the man. Joe Burrow, <laughs> that's, he's, a, he's a star. He's a star in the making. And I hope the Bengals organization give that man what he wants. Because the performance he put out against the Jaguars last Thursday was, was this it was his best performance as an NFL player so far. 25 for 32 for 348 yards, two touchdown passes. O-line was able to only allow Joe Burrow to go down one time. So that's good. But Joe Burrow in the last, t- the last, the last drive that the Bengals got, he was just, I, I, I was very, I, I, I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried. I knew Burrow was going to lead us down to field goal range for Evan McPherson to kick that game winner. I was very confident. Now, it was Andy Dalton. I don't know. But Joe Burrow has that factor that Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer don't. Like, Joe Burrow knows he's shit. And he is. We don't deserve Joe Burrow. We are lucky to have him. And I just hope that we take care of him for real. Shout out to CJ Uzama, tight end. He had nine, actually five receptions for 95 yards and two touchdown catches. Uzama played big. You you won't expect those numbers from him every game, but you just want him to be productive. He's a great blocker. But the game he had against the Jacksonville Jaguars, hopefully that gives him confidence. Because we're going to need him. We're going to need him. Tyler Boyd, Mr. Consistent. Seriously, one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. He had nine receptions for 118 yards. Tyler Boyd is good. He's really good. Jamar Chase had another good game. Six receptions for 77 yards. He had a key 44-yard reception to start the second half. The Bengals were down 14-0. Second play, Joe Burrow hit Jamar Chase down the sideline for a big reception that, that led to the Bengals' first touchdown of the game. Jamar's doing good. Jamar's doing doing really good. 
And then Logan Wilson, shout out to Logan Wilson. A rising linebacker star in the making. Ten tackles, including stuffing Trevor Lawrence on fourth and goal late in the second quarter where it looked like Jackson, Jacksonville was going to put away the Bengals. If, if Trevor Lawrence scored there, it would have been 21-0 Jags at half. And I just, as much as I have faith in Joe Burrow, I just think that would have been too much for this Bengals team. Logan Wilson came up with that. <laughs> he he got to Lawrence right there. And that pretty much changed the game. Changed the game. The Bengals were pretty much dead in the first half. And that gave that Bengals team life. That, okay, we're down 14 nothing. We have Joe Burrow. We still have a great offense. We can still do this. And they were able to do that. Evan McPherson. Second game-winning field goal in four weeks. The rookie, he missed his first field goal attempt to begin the game in the Bengals' first drive. It looked good. The, the ball was going straight, and then it just turned left. And I was like, the hell? Like, it looked good coming off his leg. But he was able to redeem himself. Kick, kicked it from 35 yards at the buzzer. Good for him. That's why the Bengals drafted the kicker for a reason. In moments like, like that. Well, we need a walk-off kick. Randy Bullock would have missed that wide right, and then he would have blamed his injured calf or injured leg or whatever. Fat Randy, as we called him. Man, I'm the worst. <laughs> so the Bengals are now 3-1. and one, Their first 3-1 and one start since 2018. The Bengals won this game without Jesse Bates, T. Higgins, and Anuzi. All those three players... We're practicing this week, and I think all three of them will play against Green Bay this weekend. Big, 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 big. And then Joe Mixon. Oh, Joe Mixon. I said it before the season started. We need that guy to stay healthy. In this game, he had 16 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown run that tied the game. And he was on his way. Like, he, he didn't do nothing the first half, but in the second half, he... He was running the ball well, running with aggression. And I thought he was going to go over 100 yards. And then he, then he hurt his ankle. He didn't finish the game. He's listed as day-to-day. So I don't think he's going to play against the Packers on Sunday, which is very unfortunate. And it just sucks that Joe Mixon's always hurt because the Bengals need him. The Bengals need him. I mean, we got Piron in the background, but in the, in the backfield, but he's no Joe Mixon. So... He needs to get healthy. And hopefully this injury just keeps him out for just one game against the Packers. I hope. Maybe he'll might, he might come back against the Lions next Sunday. I don't know. But the Bengals need Joe Mixon. Def- we need him. We need him. So like I said, the Bengals play the Green Bay Packers, who are also 3-1, on Sunday, 1 o'clock on Fox. Aaron Rodgers versus Joe Burrow. Whew. What a game. What a game this is going to be. It's at home, and the Packers are favored by three. The Bengals can win this game. The Packers' defense, it's not, it's not, isn't the best. They can't cover the tight end. So you hope that CJ Uzama, fresh off of his his best game as a pro can carry that momentum into this game on Sunday. And the Bengals had something to prove. 
And the media is not giving Joe Burrow love at all. And it's, it's pissing me off. This guy was on his way to win Rookie of the Year last year until the Bengals messed him up and he tore both his ACL and MCL. And then he comes back from surgery on time for training camp. He's almost a year removed from the from the injury and he's putting up numbers like, I mean, but nobody's talking about him because it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, dude, I wish the media don't do that type of shit. You got to give Burrow his, his proper due. Justin Herbert, quarterback for the, for the Los Angeles Chargers, he's getting a lot of pub and well-deserved. Herbert's a, Herbert's a boss. But Joe Burrow is good, too. Damn it, he was the first pick in the draft last year. So do better, media. Give Burrow love. And I guarantee if the Bengals do beat the Packers on Sunday, you're going to see a lot of love from the media from Burrow and the Bengals because the Bengals will be 4-1. And and now people are saying, whoa, Cincinnati contenders? Can they challenge the Browns in the AFC North? Challenge the Browns and the Ravens? So give, give Joe Burrow the credit and love that he deserves. Cause I just I can't I can't stand the sports media. It's all about Tom Brady and blah 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 and Dak Prescott. Joe Burrow's gonna be the face of the NFL. He is. Well we still got Patrick Mahomes and blah blah blah. Yeah, I know. I'm saying Burrow and Herbert, those two. But Joe Burrow needs to get more pub because he deserves it. Just saying. Just saying. So, Bengals-Packers, Sunday, 1 o'clock, on Fox, from Paul Brown Stadium. Bengals win this game. That'll be huge. 4-1. and one. But if they do lose, then they have to beat the Lions next Sunday. But win Sunday and then, who knows? After the Lions game, you think the Bengals should win that game. You'd be 5-1. and one. That's big. That's big. Because right now the Browns are 3-1 and one, and the Ravens are 3-1 and one, and the Steelers are 1-3. and three. So right now it's Browns, Bengals, Ravens. And Pittsburgh down the sweller. <laughs> you love to see it. You love to see it. All right, so that's the Bengals front. Uh, the Reds, Reds baseball, Reds 2021 baseball season is officially dead. The Reds ended their season... Going 83 and 79. Woo, winning record. But collapsed in September. So no playoffs. Baseball playoffs all going on right now. The Yankees lose to the Red Sox in the AL wildcard game. Yankees of all those players. Overrated. Overrated. Glad the Red Sox won that game. So the Red Sox are now playing the Tampa Bay Rays in the ALDS. And then the NOR card, shout out to the Los Angeles Dodgers for being the St. Louis Cardinals, 3-1. Shout out to Chris Taylor for hitting that walk-off two-run home run. Oh, the Cardinals won 17 in a row. And off of that, they get bounced in the NOR card, the game, just like that. I needed that. I needed that, right? So far, I'm having good luck. Bearcats beat the Irish. Cardinals eliminate from the playoffs. 
The Bengals are playing well. Is this the turn of a of a new era for Cincinnati sports? Okay, bring it back, Jesse. Bring it back. Bring it back. Don't get your hopes up. But uh, the Dodgers are playing the Giants now in the NLDS. That's going to be one hell of a series. And if I had to pick my World Series matchup, I'm going to say it's going to be the Giants against the White Sox. And I'm picking the Giants to win the World Series, beating the White Sox in six games. You heard it here. So catch, watch the MLB playoffs. It's great. And I'm glad the Cardinals are not in it. I'm glad the Cardinals are knock off. So um, fuck them. <laughs> oh, yes. I am the worst. I know I am. All right. FCC Cincinnati News. Look at that, guys. They hired a GM. Chris Albright. He served as the technical director with the Philadelphia Union in 2014, but he has no GM, GM experience. Oh, FC Cincinnati. He played 15 seasons in the MLS. He won three titles. Okay. Here's what President Jeff Burding said. He said, in quote, Our search for our next general manager was extensive. He said also our new GM was going to be someone who knew was required to win an MLS experience that was non-negotiable, delivering on that requirement. We are delighted to have found the right, the best person for the job, end quote. I mean, I mean, that's cool and all, but I hope it goes well for him. And I hope that he'll be able to revive this organization because right now it's a dumpster fire with FCC Cincinnati. But I don't think you hire a guy that only has a technical director background. And yes, he played 15 seasons, but he has no general manager background. I hope he can prove us wrong. But this is a wait and see process. Was the GM search extensive? I don't think so because they fired their their old GM about month and a half ago, so I don't think it was that extensive. According to Burning, it was. So, I don't know. We'll see. FCC's probably going to end the season in last place and get the wooden spoon, which is given, not given to the team, but it's just an award saying that you were in last place and you and you are trash. <laughs> so, the, the FCC had a press conference to officially welcome Chris Albright as a new GM. And it says here, the mission is clear. What mission? The mission is clear. I I don't know what that means. Like what? The mission is, we is accomplished. Yes. We, 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 we got, we got our GM and now we're, we're going to take off and we're going to, we're going to be the throne of the MLS and all that shit. Okay. All right. All right, FCC. Yes. Yes. I hope it goes well for Chris Albright, but so, I don't think FCC, Jeff Birding, I don't know. I don't think they know what they're even doing. So welcome to Cincinnati, where owners don't know what the hell they're doing. Shocker. 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 
right, guys, I'm out. So, Bearcats, Owls, Friday night, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Bengals, Packers, Sunday, 1 p.m. on Fox. MLB playoffs will be on TBS and I believe on ESPN. And anything else to put on? NHL hockey begins this week or next week. I'll try to get into hockey this year. And then college basketball is right around the corner. And yes, I'll be talking about Cincinnati Bearcats basketball, the West Miller era. Yes, I am excited for college basketball. Yes, I believe UC basketball will be back. It will take time, but I believe and trust in West Miller. The energy that he's brought to this program is just, it, it's, it's different. It's different in a good way, and I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about college basketball with you guys. I am so passionate about Cincinnati Bearcats basketball. So can't wait, can't wait, can't wait for the winner. So that's it for me. Trying to think, is there anything else I should mention to you guys before I leave? No, no, that's it. That's it. Really got nothing else to say. But um, all right, guys, peace out. I will see you guys next Thursday. And hopefully I am recapping a Bearcats win and also a Bengals victory. And until then, this has been the depressed. Actually, this has been the happy Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. I am Jesse. Peace.